Yo, what's up? This is Sailor the Corner, God of the Money, and you're listening to Testimony, a musician story. Never starstruck, I feel right at home whenever I'm addressing All my fam know what it is and all my enemies is guessing Never nothing on my chest, I never front, I know I'm blessed but I digress Selah the Corner was born Nathaniel Martinez on February 19, 1985 in Yonkers, New York He and his little brother would have to deal with the stress of the street crews on their way to the market and school The south side of Yonkers was pretty tough but he can always find respite at home. You heard that? Tell me where it came from. Just another summer night in Wyoming. You heard that? Tell me where it came from. Just another summer night in Wyoming. You heard that? Tell me where it came from. Just another summer night in Wyoming. It's brown skin on my bio. Make the pigs fire like a pyro. We don't never cry though. Lighting up the dark Vedalago. It don't really matter, they shooting in broad daylight. Four fifths on their hip when they play fight. Cause most of them killers is waist tight. My city is a war zone. Peace be the enemy when you call in the war home. And drug sales be the sea where the war sown. No rims whenever they start chrome. I know God, the only answer to commonness. So I see God in every eye of the fatherless. Uh. We don't want your pity, just somebody pray for my city. Uh. Nathaniel was the only kid he knew who was raised by both his parents. He says it was both a blessing and a curse. Because he was different, he felt like an outsider. And the fatherless boys he knew were so hurt that they didn't know their fathers that they ridiculed him. Not only did he have both his parents, but both his parents are pastors. My mother is the one who brought my father to Christ when they originally met, and uh, she ended up being pastor before him. So that was a crazy dynamic for me to understand because, you know, my father, my father was unequivocal, you know, king, priest, and prophet in the house. Like there was no doubt about that. And my mother always yielded and submitted to him as the king. And that situation stayed intact even when she became his pastor. So like in the church, he would yield to her as, you know, a congregant and as a servant and as a helper. Um, but when we got home, he was king. And it was it was just beautiful how I saw the balance happen. But she was pastor before him. He became pastor with her, I think about five years down the road after she became pastor. And um, their co-pastors now, they've been co-pastoring for about almost 10 years now. Oh. Uh. Never playing when I say this, oh yeah Looking at the day with a praise, I'm amazed that we got here A whole lot of shame in the game, to the fame that we not here A whole lot of pain in the game, to the rain that we out here 
Uh, they said that we never would see the day though I see the sun rays of the day through the shade when I pray though Life what I went through That graveyard life could have been you It's not that I can't see I just seen what the king do Somebody take a bunch of rose petals and throw them over a stone tomb Let a song play for the day, make way to the throne room Chariot those skies Peace to the war cries Sight through the Lord's eyes Hail to the sunrise I'm sure you know a pastor's kid or two And we have a, we have a reputation A lot of people may not understand why a lot of us are the way we are uh the fact of the matter is is that depending on what age you became a pastor's kid you could potentially have been feeling like a prisoner for the last 15 20 years of your life and it's not because your parents did anything wrong um it's not because god is wrong it's because there's a there's a behavior that you're expected to be there's a way you're supposed to act constantly because you're representing your parents and your parents represent your ministry so as a child you're looking at a five-year-old potentially representing an entire ministry that's a lot of that's a lot of weight on someone's shoulders you have to filter out what you say you have to internalize a lot of anger you have to you know censor yourself constantly and uh with me um it was fine until i was about 17 i just kind of blew up I just was so angry. Um, add on to the fact that I felt my parents were taken away from me by the church and felt like a lot of my childhood suffered uh, because, you know, at, at, at three in the morning when I had a nightmare and I wanted to talk to my mom and my dad, you know, sometimes mom and dad was on the phone with somebody who was dying in the hospital, you know, praying with them and, and trying to, to comfort them and and it's fine. You understand as a, as a young child, you know, the ministry comes first and that stops you from even asking your parents to choose between you and the ministry because you love them and you know they love the ministry. So you don't even ask them. So, you you know, but, but doing that 20, 30 times, you know, when it's all said and done and you're a grown man, you're like, yo, I let these people take my, my family away from me. And um. And, and and that's and that's a, a negative way to look at it, and that's the negative way that I did look at it. So with me personally, I 100% rebelled against the church when I became of age because, well, that was one of the reasons that I did that. I mean, when I got a car and when I didn't have to be in the house by 10 o'clock anymore, um, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't go back to church. I mean, I, you know, I dabbled. I'd come, you know, the, the holidays and stuff just to get my mother off my case. Um, you know, I was in the streets already by that time. Um, so, I mean, I stayed in the streets longer cause I didn't have curfew anymore. You know, did a lot of, did a lot of negative things connected with a lot of negative people. And I mean, it was, it was different with me because, because of, you know, and that's another interesting aspect of being a pastor's kid. You learn how to organize your sins so well, because you realize how important it is that no one ever finds out anything. So I had everything on, you know, strict times. Like I knew I was going to be in the streets for this long. I knew I was going to do this amount of drugs for this long and what time I would need to be sober and had the visine and the cologne and everything ready to go all the time. Um, so 
you know, I was very organized with my sin. And, um, you know, and I just, I just, I just, I just perfected my negative craft in that aspect. And I kept it going. And it led down to a really negative path for me, like a really dark path where I ended up like contemplating suicide, contemplating just, you know, just leaving, leaving it all behind because I was just so angry and sad. Okay. I saw you started contemplating the end I was in college because one thing I didn't let was my grades slip like all that you know I never I never was one of them street guys that dropped out of school or sell drugs and stuff like that um no I sell I sold drugs between classes you know what I'm saying I never missed class um I was always on high honor roll so I got into college um relatively easily and um but but during my early sophomore year I just I was just asking myself, what is it all for? And um, and that was that that was that dark place, you know, that I needed to have, you know, prayer on deck. But because I was so disconnected from my foundation, like I didn't have anywhere else to re- reach out to. And I was too prideful to tell my parents how bad I was. I felt like I didn't have a purpose um, when I was in school because I'm, I'm, I'm taking these classes. I'm in these, you know, I'm in this, this major university and um. Uh, Stony Brook University. It's in Long Island. And I'm in these classes and I'm taking these classes and I'm writing these notes down. And I and I enjoy the subject and I enjoy the major that I'm going for, but it isn't it isn't me. And I know it isn't me. So it's like, all right, education pretty much isn't my passion. You know, I've lost my faith at that point. And you know, I'm 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 a popular guy at school, so I have friends, but it's not doing it for me. Like I, I feel hollow, you know, I feel empty. So um I started just writing. I, I wrote I wrote a letter to God, you know, actually it was like a resignation letter to God, like that I was resigning from life. And that would have been my like suicide letter. I was sincere in my writing, but I mean thinking about it now, I think about how arrogant I was to like to think that I could give God a resignation letter. Um but in the resignation letter, you know, I'm telling them about all the things that that didn't happen for me, that should have happened for me. When you're talking about God and what he's done for you, at some point, you have to acknowledge how how good he's been as well. I mean, it's just it's inevitable. So in the letter, I'm saying, you know, even though you gave me two parents, you know, they couldn't be around because of the ministry. But then I sat back and I'm like, wow, I forgot that he did give me two parents. And I was the only one that I knew with two parents. All right. My dad stayed in my life. I was the only one who who I knew that had his father in his life. You know, I grew up in a relatively nice home, a, a whole home, you know, with, with good values. And by the end of the letter, it was just like, all right, I'm acknowledging everything that God had done for me. And I'm just like, you know what? Thank you for everything you did for me. Just help me out of this situation. And it turned from a resignation letter to a cry for help. And, you know, after I finished the letter, I I felt 
a peace that I hadn't felt since I was a child. So I wrote another letter the next day, another letter, another letter, and it turned into like 12 or 15 letters. Some of them I made songs and put them on projects. That's when I realized like music, writing, expression, that is my purpose. That's why I felt that peace. That's what I was looking for. So, and you know, people kind of, people joke around by saying rap saved my life. Rap didn't save my life. You know, God gave me the tools by which to save my life by giving me writing. You know, because I always could express myself, but I didn't know writing was my thing until I was in that really, really dark place. Selah is signed to Bizzle's God Over Money Records. Bizzle's claim to fame was his Jay-Z disc track, a track that Selah took issue with. What could have turned into a big Christian hip-hop beef resulted in a brotherhood and a record deal for Selah. Go down when it go up. Ooh. You and him ain't never pay the same. You and him ain't never go Dutch. Netherlands, never, never, never land. Y'all ain't never grow up. Woo. I'm fitter than a fiddle. All that monkey in the middle better slow up. I'm riding through my city. Everybody coming with me. I'ma be there in the gym. All I hear is murder, murder, murder. But you never murder nothing. Nothing never getting murdered. All I hear is burner, burner, burner. But your homie only got it. You ain't never got the burn. Talking about you be up in the garden. But your people never planted. You ain't never got the tongue. I done seen it all. And I can see the writing on the wall. Good God, oh Lord. Y'all ain't never nothing but a replay. Yeah, I heard it all before, man. Y'all ain't say nothing but a cliche. Tell me again, who the best, huh? I'm all this. I'm all this. That ain't nothing but a cliche. 914 to the door closed. Take it to the bank that the team will never foreclose. You be on that shoulder with a goodie. You a killer, but you probably wear the flannel with the footy. Pushing 50, but you looking like you banging with a hoodie. You the youngin' at the heart. You a oldie, but a goodie, right? Right? No, no. Tell rap, say hi to the other guy. I tell my youngin' with the onion that the grass ain't greener on the other side. Ain't loving never blind when you looking at the tears that the mother cry. Everybody wanna pull it, but don't nobody ever wanna bite the bullet. Good God, oh Lord, y'all ain't never nothing but a replay. Yeah, I heard it all before, man. Y'all ain't saying nothing but a cliche. Tell me again, who the best, huh? I'm all this. I'm all this. That ain't nothing but a cliche. I had just started writing seriously and. People were taking notice at that point. I mean, in my city and in like, you know, the surrounding cities about me rapping and stuff like that. And I was just sitting one day chilling and one of my boys who was not saved at all, you know, hit me up and was like, yo, you got to go to this website. You got to go to YouTube right now. This this Christian rapper, he's just like you, right? You Christian rap. This Christian rapper, just this Jay-Z and it's all over the place. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, wow. And I knew how powerful it had to have been for him to tell me about it. Um, so I knew it was a real widespread thing. Um, so I went to the to the YouTube page and I was terrified because it would be one thing if he was dissing Jay-Z and he was mediocre. But Biz dissed Jay-Z and he was flawless. I mean, everything, delivery, punchlines, schemes, everything. It was just, everything was on the table. And that's what frightened me because 
if he wasn't so good, it wouldn't have mattered to me. And that was kind of my, my hypocrisy as well. Now I look at it being older, a lot of it had to do with ego as well as concern. Um, because the ego side of it was, wow, this guy's too dope. You know, he's going to get out there and he's going to change the game in a way that I don't want him to change the game. And then the concern portion should have been greater than the ego, but wasn't, was Jay-Z still a person too, and Christ died for him as well. So my logic is, if your Christian rap saves the entire planet out of 6 billion people, but one of those isn't Sean Carter because of your rap, then you failed. Because Christ died for all of us. In response to that, you know, I did a record to this disclaimer. That's been deleted for about a good five plus years. Lyrically, I went I went crazy, but it was it was just so disgusting. Like now that I think about it and I thought about it recently, it was just so disgusting how arrogant I was speaking to him. Um especially with the heart that I had. Um it's funny, like when you when you're you're you can be so convinced that you're doing the right thing that you forget you know, how much you need to grow in certain areas. So it's like, it's like a child, you know, painting on the Mona Lisa, thinking that, you know, his, his mom will like it. I did a little showcase in Brooklyn uh, a couple of months afterward, and uh, Lavoisier was there. And I didn't know who he was. Um, and you know how Lavoisier is, with, you know, with the bully face and the bully talk. And, and I didn't know who he was. So, I mean, I'm still a street dude you know, rapping, and he walks up to me, you know, and he's like, yo, what's up, man? You know who I am? That was the first words he said to me. And I was like, "Like, no, I don't know who you are, man. What's up? <laughs> he's like, I'm a boss here. I was like, all right, what's up, man? He's like, yeah, man, um, can we talk outside? He's like, all right, sure. You know, I didn't know what he was trying to say or what he wanted to do, so I'm talking to him. And he's like, yeah, I'm Bizzle's man. I was like, oh, okay. And we just proceeded to argue for like two hours straight on a Brooklyn street. As much as I knew I was making sense to him about Christ loving all of us, he made sense to me in that he was saying, you know, Selah, you, you're coming at Bizzle for dissing Jay-Z, but you're coming at Bizzle the same way he's dissing Jay-Z. So you, you, it's hypocritical. You can't teach him not to do something by doing what he did to him. And I was like, yeah, I had to, I had to respect that because he was right. He was right. I used the exact same weapon that I was condemning him for. We left that conversation amicably and and with respect for one another, and uh, we kept in touch. Um, I deleted the record and uh, I put out Hoodie Season One, and he, he hit me up a, a short time later and was like, Yo, Biz likes Hoodie Season One, and I was like, All right, cool, you know, tell him things. He's like, No, no, he really likes it. He wants to talk to you. And so we finally spoke on the phone and um, I apologized for everything. And, you know, we had a good conversation and, and he signed me and the rest is history. Selah the Corner signed a G.O.M. years ago and dropped his mixtape Hoodie Season 2 in 2014. Now, I personally have been waiting for his debut album for what seems like years now. Finally. Selah released his debut G.O.M. album, Memoirs of a Perfect World. What the heck took so long? PK in the worst way. Thursday from the birthday. 
Living water but they nurse mate Still I'm living with a curse in the worst way From the first day This after the hump like Thursday No patience, no wait, uh Trying to get a piece on the first day The worst case be the one that you get when you clap it But you ain't got a strap when you rap deep Marathon turn into a track meet When you start to hear the music in the backseat A bunch of y'all still in my rear view Be lying if I said if I feel you But God proved they don't never really feel you till they kill you And that's real too When I tell you that rap can't heal you It's all smoke, it's all mirrors All the cup, dope dealers In the jungle with the gold rivers Y'all spitting them dope fillers Y'all playing like cold killers Just know Hellfire got no triggers Hip-hop got no fillers Dark and light got no dealers A lot of these cats that sold millions Still broke, speak clear, still choke And these be the cats that I still quote I still grind, can't walk on water but I still float Y'all make a rap god is the real joke Real smoke The album isn't a mixtape um, My album is You know I mean, to me, mixtapes are the most fun to do because there's a freedom in it. You just do whatever you want. Um, an album is like a sermon that you got to study for and you have to listen and you have to strategize and you have to prepare. And I wasn't ready to make one because I, I was in mixtape mode mentally. My album is much more than an album to me. Um, the way I created it is you know, I wanted every track to be a movie and then the entire album to be a movie. So you're talking about making, there's, eight, there's 17 tracks, 18 tracks on the album. So you're talking about 18, 18 movies that connect to make one big movie. That's a lot of like, that complexity takes time. And, um, you know, but I believe people would be, be pleased with that, with the outcome. Um, and I'm I'm sorry I made y'all wait so long. I made you wait so long. Believe me, there's nothing, there's nothing more, you know, nails on the chalkboard to a rapper than not rapping. Like it was killing me to not do this constantly. But I, I you can't you can't do over a, a debut album, and the people deserved that level. So. I'm glad I took the time and I'm I'm glad it's finally finished. The title is Memoirs of a Perfect World. And uh, you know, you know how the memoirs is memories. Um, so you know, there is no such thing as a perfect world. So basically the album is me talking about all my delusions. Um me 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 giving the listener all the 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 misunderstandings I had about life. Um, you know, about rap, about love, about money, about you know, everything, social interaction about church. You know, I have, I have a track on there about being a pastor's kid called Debt Collection. I have a track about being an introvert called Introvert. I have a track, um, you know, about music. That's the cliche track that we released recently. So every every record is an illusion that I had about about life that God gave me clarity on. So that's the theme. It's, it's me. It's me telling these people, if you want my entire life mistake-wise... And correction-wise, this is the album for you. Trying to maintain now. Loud back only way to turn my brain down. Oh, fuck, I like it. Piece of my life, the flame, one and the same now. 
Yeah, I know I'm a pawn, but I'm in the game now. Smoke will erase the pain now, at least I thought so. I stay calm in my nightmares, comfortable when I'm right there. But when I wake you, I'm tight there. There's light there, gotta fight there. I pray to Christ in my night prayers. I don't wanna go like this, but looking as I write this, see somebody walking in the room looking at me like, like this, like this, like this. Puff on the magic dragon. Puff on the magic dragon. Every time I roll up, they gon' holla roll up, then I holla hold up. We ain't got no dust, make a dollar pull up, we can go up, get shown up. Quick, call me for a pick the pull up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I get high to get sober. Selah anticipated that hypotenuse would be a controversial topic. After all, he does mention weed on a Christian hip-hop album. Christians getting high is becoming a popular topic within the culture. Knowing this is a touchy subject. Selah released a mini-documentary explaining the song. Breaking up when I wake up, OJ and that shake up. Piff up till I cool down, then it's time to get kicked up. Got a lot of rage that I baked up from my childhood. And you can get popped from the dead stock, see the dead drop from the trees in my hood. And why hood kind of turn you into a zombie? Enemies all around me. Anger issues, a small smirk could really mean you trying to clown me. Or even trying to surround me. Puff ass first, cause if I don't have it with my automatic, it's possible like a blast first. We blast first, love. I don't wanna get high, the get sober, need your light. Don't wanna correlate the real sunlight with this piff older. My watch tell me I'ma get older, never wanna cope like this. But looking as I write this, see somebody walking in the room looking at me like, like this, like this, like this. Puff on the magic dragon. I released a mini doc to answer a lot of questions, but apparently it didn't, you know, for some people. Um, hypotenuse is about idolatry, uh, pure and simple. I didn't want to really trigger people when it came to the is weed okay or is it not debate. Um, but what isn't up for debate is my reliance on something other than God for my peace. Um, and that was the point of it. You know, my hypotenuse was weed. Somebody else's hypotenuse might be food. Somebody else's hypotenuse might be a, that cup of coffee in the morning that you have to have or you're not going to be a nice person. Um, whatever it is that you that you need in your life other than God to make you okay is your hypotenuse. Um, and that was the purpose of the song to tell people, you know, to examine yourself and figure out and be honest with yourself about what you rely on other than God heavily. Even if it seems innocent to you, it's not innocent to God. I mean, the, the name is a trigger, you know, I, the way I did the title, you know, hypotenuse. And then I'm talking about marijuana and I released it on 420. I knew I knew I knew all that was going to happen. But I knew the discussion about idolatry needed to happen as well, because there's so many things that we think are minuscule in God's eyes and we overlook them and we shouldn't. My perspective is is simple. You know, when you walk into a man's house and he tells you to take off your shoes, if you want to be in that man's house, you need to operate by what his rules are. And that doesn't make him a bad person. And it doesn't make your rights infringed upon. It just means you have to take off your shoes if you want to stay in the house. When it comes to marijuana usage, um, I'm real simple with it. The Bible talks about drinking, uh, eating for strength and not for drunkenness. So if the Bible correlates eating too much and gluttony with drunkenness, if you're going to hold marijuana to the same standard that you hold, you know, sin, then you have to hold gluttony to that same level as well. 
So it's like, all right, if you want to condemn somebody for smoking weed, be willing to be condemned for eating a Big Mac. Like, make it fair. If it's not fair across the board, then it's not It's not good. I'm ordered to respect authority and respect the law. So biblically, I'm mandated not to do this in New York. But aside from man's laws, I think it's 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 about what your what your personal convictions are as a Christian. If you feel if you have the discernment of the Lord in your heart and you know that God is not cool with you smoking weed, then even though somebody else may not have that discernment, that doesn't make it okay for you. Like if it's if it's if if you feel conviction while you're doing it, then it's not okay for you and you need to not do it. But I'm not going as far as to condemning anyone for doing it. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions about it. But me personally, I feel like um, you know, we got we have a we have a situation in this country where, you know, an obscene amount of people are obese, have diabetes, high blood pressure. Um, an obscene amount of people die from drunken driving and cirrhosis of the liver. Obscene amount of people die from lung cancer and tobacco usage. Why aren't we so angry about those things that are killing people that we are about marijuana who hasn't killed anyone? I'm really just like on a neutral plane. I'm about discernment. What is your heart telling you? What is this, your, you know, the, your connection with God showing you? I just go from there. I just wanna get it when I see paper. It's got over money, but I need paper to be safer. It's a peacemaker. Scratch that, I need a peacemaker. Click clack, no gift wrap. Whether stand front and gon' sit back. Whether send shots, getting hit back. To mom deuce, got a view like a screensaver. I'ma chase green till I bleed paper. Sound stupid, clown foolish. Lip and water, sound fluid. Street language, I sound fluid. Tree of life, my crown rooted. I'll never follow where the dough go. But at the same time, it's much easier saying that God over money when you broke. Though, being broke though, that's a no-go My supply above high King of peace is my prince when doves cry Otherwise I would be a dark spot Cops at the door with a hard knock It's my heart stop A twin glocks, two fours of a ball is like a shot clock Not me, I stay looking for that king El Shaddai like a magi Sit up under my hero But still laugh loud like a bad guy God who I still quote Still grind, can't walk in the water but I still float Y'all making money, God is the real joke Real smoke Memoirs of a Perfect World is out now. And Selah has teased that more videos and documentaries are on the way. I can't save you, I'm no Superman. Money, no Superman. Hip hop, never no Superman. Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.